Greetings and salutations. It is the 23rd of October, 2397, and 0930, and it is a pleasant 76 degrees here at the San Angeles Cryo Rehabilitation Center. We are here today to conduct a procedure of your parole. How many years have we been out? 157 years. Damn. You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality standard. What the hell was that? You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality. Well, since your incarceration, there have been many changes in the law. Things which have been deemed bad for you are now illegal, such as I should warn you that this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, offenses against the morality code, multiple instances of physical contact, pseudo-sexual contact, heterochromatic sociopaths with a tendency for murder, kill, death, futuristic blue balls with a healthy dose of knitting. You have been enlightened. What the fuck? You are fine. Be well. episode of the Spark and Movie Review. I'm your host, Zahn, saying what's up. Yes, it's we're back for another fun-filled episode, especially since, well, things are crazy. It's warm out there with the evilness. It should be cold, but it's not. It's warm, it's murky, it's gross, it's just crazy. We're out. having a heat wave. It's not, we're it's not, it's, you can only play that in, in October in Alaska, according to that movie. Right. Alaska's not a state. Wait, Alaska's a state? Sure it is. Yes, as you can guess, I am back again, being joined by those two masters of mayhem, Baz and the new guy. Or now we will just, should we just change to NG? You guys email us, spirekin at gmail.com. Actually, I'm going to be changing that soon to just maybe... Well, we ask him. It's his name. True. What do you think? Let the fans decide. It's the best way to do it, I think. Fan support. We count on that. Yes. Remember, you can check out our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spirekin.gmail.com. You can email me at zan at spirekin.com. You can email me at baz at spirekin.com. And new guy, you can also email him at baz at spirekin.com. 
I'm not important enough to have my own email. You will be soon. Yes, you will be soon. <laughs> and also, we're coming up with some new emails and some new stuff, but that is neither here nor there this morning. Remember, uh, for those who are joining us for the first time, Spark Inside that provides information and views about connecting enhanced narratives. In this podcast, we talk about movies, films, cinema, things which you watch on DVD, Blu-ray, on Netflix, on Gamefly. Not okay, Gamefly. I promise I won't pimp out that other website, even though it's the poor man's Netflix, but... You guys can figure out where I'm coming from. YouTube. Hulu. <laughs> no, no. It, it, it's the other one. Oh, you mean the uh, manga app on Xbox Live. Yes. That yes. as well, and the other one that'll make you crack up. Anyway, but, so, in this, we have multiple podcasts on our website, www.spocker.com. Besides this, we have our video game review, we have our manga review to our main podcast, and we have our con review. So anyway, what are we doing today? Yes, so, with that in mind, if... We've been doing a lot of thinking, and we usually go about this or that. We have theme months and whatnot, but we're just going to stick it to it. We're just going to stay and we're going to relax. We're going to talk about happy things, about good things, about nice things that are not too violent. Because it is a very civilized world we live in, and we must be civilized. We can't be decrepit and depraved and evil. You mean to live in a world of peace and harmony? Yes, a world of peace and harmony and wonderfulness where there's nothing wrong. Where hairstyles have more than one color. If one, if that does not cause too much chaos, no. Sounds like a perfect world. Hmm. <laughs> but is it a perfect world? That's what we're going to find out, because if you remember from the last episode of the Spike and Long Review episode, we rolled that one, that only, that dodecahedron of movies, and dictated on us we were reviewing a movie that is actually directed by Marco... Rambia. And he has done nothing. He's a director who's done jack shit. Hmm. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Look who produced it. Joel Silver. Who was famous for the Warriors? Xanadu. Oh my god, Xanadu. You actually got Xanadu up there? That's before... Oh god. No, but he also did Exit Wounds, Swordfish, Brewster's Millions, which is an awesome movie. Dungeons 13 Ghosts. Dragons. Well, that's a terrible movie. Aye. He did Matrix 1, which is awesome, but then he did 2 and 3, so I don't know. So he has a lot of money to just throw out at movies to say, <laughs> let's see what sticks. And he, he's got some success in some terrible... Wait, wait, wait. He did Assassins? Yes. Oh, jeez. That's a good movie. That's a yeah, horrible, horrible movie. It was very... You have to have patience for that. Not patience. You have to... Ugh, it's such a 90s movie. Yes, it is. Wow. Um, but this movie was released in uh, the 4th of... October 1993, which is now going on 20 years ago. I wow. was one when this came out. So that means that we can spoil the shit out of it. Awesome. Yes, we can. The budget was $57 million, and it made a whopping $159 million. That's triple the amount of... You know, I'm very surprised with the budget that they used and the amount of stuff that they did. That's a very big surprising amount. Yes. And, yeah, surprising with this movie. So it was kind of a hit, but now we're like... Like, um, surprisingly... You can't call it a cult classic, but yet you can't call it really B-rated. And it actually launched a couple of other people into stardom. True, but the thing is that Siskel and Ebert... Now, for those who don't know, Siskel was Ebert's original partner before he lost his face <laughs> and became Plastic Jaw Man. Now, now, have some respect for, uh... Plastic Jaw Man? Siskel. No, <laughs> no I'm talking about... Beyond. I'm talking about Bert. Ebert is Plastic Drum Man. Siskel died, but when they did the show, they both gave us a thumbs down saying that the movie's interesting, it's satirical, but they thought it was a terrible movie. They both gave it a thumbs down, and if you look on Rotten Tomato, they give it a 68% freshness, which is kind of weird, because Media Critic gives it a 36 out of 100, which means like it's like 
no one knows if they love it or hate it. It's one of those movies that's kind of weird. Reviews. It's kind of like another movie that a lot of people destroyed the movie, but yet became the biggest iconic movies in history. We won't go into the names, but you guys can figure that out. Just the smooch. But this movie, surprisingly, has a great cast of characters, and the first one is someone who we all know and hate from Beetlejuice. And this is a guy named Glenn Shattuck. Most of you are like, who the hell is Glenn Shattuck? I don't remember him. He's not Michael Keaton or Alec Baldwin or Gina Davis. Who the fuck is this guy? Well, wow, you actually put him in the side with Alec Baldwin. Baldwin's an alcoholic. <laughs> He's a sociopathic crazy man. Surprisingly, if you think about it, out of all the crazy people who are out right now, he is probably lowest tier of crazy people. That's no, awesome. you forgot about his brothers. Nothing's wrong with Steven yet. Billy's True. just fat and ugly, and, <laughs> and the other... Well, anyway, but, so this guy, Glenn Shattuck, how, how would you describe his performance in this film? He looked like a gigantic couch. I don't know how to describe it. I can't say it was pleasant, but I can't say it was bad. I think he fulfilled the role quite well. He had, he had to fill something, man. Look at the kimono he wore. <laughs> that, that being said, I hated the character. What passion. Well, was he better than his character in Beetlejuice? Ugh, no, Beetlejuice. you see the character... Well, the character in Beetlejuice actually fit him. He fit this character like he fit a couch. Well, what do you expect? He's a fat gay man who just has magical mumbly-jumbly powers. Ooh. Why are we bashing the homosexual community now? We're not bashing the homosexual, we're, we're bashing this guy because he has mumbly-jumbly powers. He was able to bring two people back from the dead, sort of, in a weird, creepy way in Beetlejuice. And in this movie, he just went, I'll do whatever you say, I promise. Oh, wait, oh, I gotta run now. Oh, you, you're a successor, I'll do whatever you say. Yeah, what purpose did his character serve, aside from, the, you know, the whole comedy purpose? Every prison needs a bitch. He wasn't a prison bitch, though. he was just an administrative assistant. Dude, just... he was a prison bitch. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Okay. Next, you have a very understated role, surprisingly, Dennis Leary. Oh, yes. Dennis Leary, Dennis Leary, Dennis Leary. What are we going to say about him? The Irish are proud of him. Yeah. They are very proud of him. Yes, and it's a shame he went from this, from a, being against the law, to being, I'm a cop, I'm a fireman, I am a, I am an upstanding citizen. Like, <laughs> what happened, Dennis? I mean... You... I am a saber-tooth tiger! What can you say? He's an asshole. But <laughs> Shot, but he did a good. He did a decent job in this movie. He really did. Um, I think that understated, but was pretty good. You also have um, surprising this guy Bob Gunton. He was in Shawshank Redemption as the actual warden of the prison. He's the guy that blows his brains out in it. And also, he's just and I know spoilers, but if you haven't seen Shawshank, well, when we get to it, we'll say how awesome it is. He plays just kind of a douchey character who you wanted to. Take a bottle and crack on the back of his head. Zahn, that's very generous of you to call him that. I would call him a lot of things. Yeah, so what would you say? If I could put a bullet in someone's head, it would be the police chief. It yep. would be him. Because I, I feel that he was the most incompetent character in this entire movie. Yes, he was. Um, and, you know, an asshole. Yes, he was. But also, you have two characters. One is Benjamin Bratt, who, if you watch Law & Order, one of the incarnations, he's on there as a detective. In this movie, he's a detective who's just incompetent. <laughs> now, hold on. He also plays another detective in another movie with another actor that's in this movie, which is kind of weird and scary at the same time. I wouldn't time. say he's incompetent, just not not too useful. Yes, oh, and also in the cameo, we have everyone's favorite troll-faced person who's in most Happy Madison films now, Rob Schneider. Dude, that's Deuce Bigelow. Don't bash Deuce. Do I have to bring up Benchwarmers? Don't. Don't, don't mess with my he-bitch. <laughs> 
Don't mess with my heavage. Nothing to say on that one. And this is surprisingly the first of two movies in the same year which he worked with the main actor in this film. We'll get to that in a moment. Next, you have Sir Nigel Hawthorne, a sir in this film. I don't know what the hell type of blackmail they got to, to get him to do this movie. I really don't. Because I would picture more Christopher Lee as the lead matriarch yes. in this society. Truthfully, I would have rather have seen Christopher Lee. I would have enjoyed his performance a whole lot better. I would have been more convinced with his character. But you did get to see him used as fire, uh, as uh, a log. <laughs> no, another log on the fire. <laughs> That's that was beautiful. Man. I think his performance was fitting, but I found the character overall to be very weak. Yeah, they could have done more with him, especially with just his story arc and just in general. He just seemed like he was um evil bad guy. But anyway, next you have a, an up and rising star, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. This is her third movie, I think. After a pe- two guys and a girl on a pizza, two girls, a guy in a pizza shop. All whatever. I know is that she, in a cop outfit, she was hot. Yes, she was. And this is right on that beginning of when she was on speed. She, when she, not on speed. No, she did speed. <laughs> let's, let's accuse Sandra Bullock of being on drugs, folks. No, she's, we don't mess her. She's out of shit. She's out of shit. Life so far. With a lot of stuff going down with her. With well, her actually, husband. she's got a good life going on still. Her she's husband still cheated on her really bad. So. But she got with somebody else and it's all going good for Sandra. Okay. Kudos. She did, but she did goodness in her ass is spectacular in that. <laughs> Couldn't let it go, could you? No. The Badanka Dankana was nice. And I'm not a cult. She was very well fit for that costume. Yes, she was. And she was perky. But surprisingly, for this role, she won the Razzie for that year for Worst Actress. You know what? I can understand why they did that. Because they felt probably her potential could have been a lot better. But then again, looking at the situation of the movie, how could it be any better? It's not the type of movie where you would say, Hey, let's give yourself a great acting job. You'll get an Oscar and you'll win lots of things. No, it's a B-rated movie. She did the job, and the acting itself, ironically, fit. Yeah, no, I have to say it was a very flat character. And uh, she, she played it well, it's just... It's a flat character. You, you play with the cards you dealt. Mm-hmm. And now, before we get into the two main stars of the film, the antagonist and protagonist, what genre would you say this film is? Um, would you say it's an action-adventure? Would you say it's sci-fi? Would you say it's a satire? Where would you put it? Uh, I would call it a sci-fi action-adventure. Not not too heavy sci-fi, but a little satire. So, soft sci-fi? Soft. That would work. Yeah, I mean, I would go with action more than sci-fi, because they did try to implement some futuristic things, but it just didn't really stand out to where it's like, okay, if this was sci-fi, this should have stood out. That should have stood out. It was more towards, let's just blow things up, jump around, and fight. I can see that. Yes. I agree. I would say it's an an action-adventure satire would be, because it has the elements of it's kind of criticizing the whole genre. Well, the only sci-fi thing that I could agree with on that movie would be the cryo. Because instead Uh, of said I said satire. Yeah, no, but like for the one you mentioned sci-fi, it's like that's the only, I think, part of it that I would say was sci-fi. The fact they went into cryostasis and they froze them as opposed to letting them rot in but prison for the rest of the time. That's a very big part that lets the entire plot flow. True. But we'll get more. Oh, true. I'd say it's somewhere in the middle. It's a big goose. It's just an action-adventure something film. And it's starring two actors, one of them who's still in prison, I think? Uh, I mm. think he's on parole, possibly. Ooh. And another yeah. guy who, well, he's making another movie with his face. <laughs> and he's still flabby, even though he's taking steroids. Schwarzenegger? They actually reference him in this movie, but no. Oh. Who are we talking about, guys? 
Sylvester Stallone, Rocky, Rambo. I am law! Dude. The bad guy from Spy Kids 3. Oh, God, we went there. Was he? Yes, he was. I thought there was four. No. Four is the brand new one with Jessica Alba, who looked hot as a pregnant chick and a regular chick. Okay, I take back the pregnant chick part. No, but Jessica Alba in general. No, she actually looked good in this one. I'm a Beale fan. Oh! Movie. Anywho, <laughs> but yes, it's these two play off against each other, and surprisingly, I actually root for the antagonist in the film. He seems a lot more interesting, and he's <laughs> a little bit more dynamic, I think. He's fun. Yes. He is a fun villain, and as villains go, it's kind of hard, because generally you have three types of villains. You have the charismatic, awesome villain, like in Die Hard, with Hans Gruber, mm. who you, he's intelligent, he's smart, he lets his minions do his work, but he is, he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. You have the villain who just doesn't care, who's like, ah, I'm just going to let my goons do it, like in Tango and Cash. He let, uh, Jack Polanski just let everybody off, everyone else do his dirty work. And then this guy, um, Wesley Snipes' is Simon Phoenix, really likes getting his hands dirty. Yes. Although you got to love the beginning of it. Because when you see this character, it's like, he's getting his ass handed to him. You gotta admit that. It's like, what? You just described all these cool things. And then you see the movie, it's like, what? What are you talking about? He ain't doing a damn thing. You know, Stallone's messing him up. Stallone's kicking his ass. But then, we go into the future. And then it gets really interesting. And Sylvester Stallone is... Sylvester Stallone playing Sylvester Stallone in a sci-fi movie. <laughs> he's not quite Rocky. He's not quite Rambo. He's not even quite Tango and Cash. It's just... No, he's... Thank he, God he's not Judge Dredd. He, he's borderline. You know, he has that Judge Dredd look to him, too. Because it's the same time he had it. That's why he had the short hair. He's having yeah. the same time. So I think it's like you combine all of them together and even throw in a little bit of Oscar. Oh, <laughs> Lord, you mentioned little... that movie. Hey, at least I mentioned... Uh, uh, Mom. <laughs> oh, I actually like that movie, but that's another time we can talk about that. Yes, but it's a typical Stallone character. And what movie is this? It is... The Demolition Man. Yes, The Demolition Man. And for those of you who have not seen this film, and I'm probably guessing there's quite a bit of you, it's a action movie which is just kind of a very simple plot. We break things. We fight things. We kill things. There, is that enough? Explosions, cops, and criminals. We do a little more better than that. Um, so fast food establishments that are now high quality restaurants in the future? That is not high quality. That is that is Nuello Couture fucking cuisine. Dude, it's terrible. fucking Taco Bell. Yes. No. Pretty much here's the premise, guys. What happens is in the far in in the the great far distant year of 1999. No, it was 1996. It was 1996. Sorry, Bardis Year of 1996. What happened is that the world is scummy. There's lots of crime. Criminals are able to control large areas um, of land. Actually, that's not really true. That was just Los Angeles in regular time. That wasn't even Los Angeles. It was a hypered up version of Los Angeles during that time. No, really, I think that was Los Angeles. <laughs> no, it's it's not like Running Man where they actually just took a camera out and they're just watching people and then stuff. Yeah, if anybody happen. that lives in the Los Angeles area that happened to have seen that movie in that time period agrees with me, please hit us back on our web or our. Uh, Leave a comment on our Leave website. A comment, definitely, if you agree or disagree, because I swear that was 1996, and I don't think anything really changed in that one. 
Yeah, no, but so what happens is that there's an evil psychopath named Simon Phoenix who controls a large area of South L.A., and he has a bunch of hostages. So they send in the demolition man, the crazy... John Spartan. Now, how would you describe John Spartan's character? Uh, your everyday soldier driven to excel... It's Sylvester Stallone. That's all I'm gonna say. Holy shit! I just realized something. What? Why does Halo come to mind? Because it's, yes. Because <laughs> these, these names are very poorly written. Simon <laughs> Phoenix, he rises again. John Spartan, he's a soldier. John, every man. Yes. He just. Why is there something wrong? And I just turn on the air conditioner, folks, just because it's getting hot in here. Anyway, so John Spartan is pretty much your typical. I'm gonna have your badge. And keeps up my ass, you know, and just typical. last action hero kind of shit. Yes, he's the guy that you send in when there's no problem. He doesn't listen to what the boss says, and he does something. And surprisingly, he goes to apprehend the criminal, save the hostages, but in a nice twist, he kills them. So we think. Yes. So they immediately arrest him, and instead of us seeing a really cool, what would have been an interesting plot development of seeing the trial scene of how he gets arrested. He ends up getting arrested for 36 counts of involuntary manslaughter. And yeah, I think the reason why they didn't show the, the, the judicial case was, I think it was right there. They just brought him over to the assistant warden and said, well, I got to do this, whether you like it or not. There was no just like justification. It was like, to heck with the judge, to heck with the jury, to heck with the execution. It was just combined in one. So I, like, I don't think there's got to be something else, because here's the other thing. Simon Phoenix gets a sentence with 36 years. John Spartan's sentence is 70 years. Hmm. Something's wrong there. Welcome to Los Angeles. Well, either our political system is messed up, or someone's pulling the strings long before anything happened. I think it was the whole OJ deal. And we... No. If if, if it was Wesley Snipes with John Spartan, and Sylvester Stallone was Simon Phoenix, which actually would be a really cool movie, um, <laughs> if that was the case, I would go with you. But it's not. Hmm. It's okay. not. Oh, other thing. Reason why, um, another reason why Wesley Snipes is awesome in this movie is because he has like hammer clothes on, <laughs> blonde hair, and he's heterochromic, meaning his right eye is hazel and his left eye is bright, bright blue. However, in one scene, and I will probably post the exact time, minute, and second on the website, he put the contacts in wrong. That was such a Robin Hood Men and Tights moment. That's not Robin Hood Men and Tights. No, it's but it's like if you remember that movie. Like, wasn't your mole on that side of your finger? No, but that's different. That's that's legitimately you did that because it's intentional. This was not intentional. This was a oh fuck the the continuity guy fucked up. Budget cuts. Yes. Anywho, anyway, so we get sent into a cryo prison. Why they put him in a cryo prison? Have real prison? Probably overpopulation of the California. Yeah, but that's expensive. Because the plot demanded it. <laughs> it's like, let's... Well, this was... Let's see, now, the movie was made in, what, 1993? And this is 1996, so... Which I found very humorous, even back then, that it took three years to go from regular Sam Quentin to Mr. Softy's freezing and phylum program. Yes, and there are problem issues with the freezing process, too, because, I mean, when you see him without the mask on, it's like, okay, we're just going to put him in without the mask. I mean, human body is 70% water. So wouldn't you freaking your entire body freeze? You'd be like, eh. no. here's another thing. Why is his heart and brain still functioning while he's frozen? Well, it's supposed to like when you're in that state of cold, 
that your body slows down so much that you still have a heartbeat, but it just gets into a point of catatonic state where it's like you almost suddenly dead. Oh, about that oxygen to the brain thing? I yeah. would call it a... I would just call it a... Space it's, magic. It's yes. movies. Space magic is... is should be our term? Space magic. Yes. Well, if he passed gas enough in there, the methanes could have substituted for oxygen. Oh, that was just disgusting. I apologize. That's a different movie. <laughs> um, so we freeze him, file him. And then it shoots away into the distant future of 20... Was it 2050? 2036. Uh, yeah, I think it was 2036. 2030 2030 2030 2030 something. 2030 something. And in the future, in the far distant year of 2010, there's a horrible earthquake that destroys most of California. God help us, we're not prepared. I love it when these films, and you watch it now, it's like, in the far distant year of 1997, this will happen. No, it didn't happen. So let me get this straight. 2010... A massive earthquake hit California that and destroyed Los Angeles or San Francisco or something like that and became San Angeles. Yes, because they combined all the different prefectures. Which okay, is... the creepy part, wasn't there like a massive earthquake like back in 2010 but in another country? No, that was 2011 and that was a tsunami. Oh, okay. We're good. And the other thing was an earthquake in Haiti, but that's, you know. but So pretty much... With the science fight, it's become a utopian... The world's become a utopian society, or just San Angeles. We don't know. We just know they just talk about the city, so we don't know if it's the whole country, if it's... They don't really go into that, and that's kind of... One thing I did like about that is that they, ki- they created kind of a city-state with that, so they kept everything encapsulated inside that one San Angeles city. True. I would have liked to know if it's that was everything, if there was nothing else, there was a wasteland outside, or mm-hmm. I would have liked to know that, but it's kind of good that you don't get that. And in this future, there is no crime. No one dies of regular... It's non-human error, which I think is bullshit, because there are ways people could die. Simply, you know, a building could fall. Something could happen. There are accidents. But no, it's like, non-natural deaths don't happen. It's like, okay. And police are now inept and stupid. Even the older police who should know better are like, oh, we're not equipped for this. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck happened? In the beginning of the movie, you were killing people with it with the, with the AK-47. Now you're a, I don't care... Yeah, because he did his time. It's like, I'm 70-something years old. I should be retired by now. I'm getting too old for this shit kind of deal. But, he, but, he, but he would do it. Yes, he would. He would however, get that gun and kill However, killed. he's old enough to where he's looking at the young guys like, you know what, I already learned this stuff. You guys figure this shit out. Yeah, but he could have helped them out. He, he could have taken that gun. He to, did. He suggested somebody to help. He could have taken that gun to that, that foreign dignitary who said he had a diplomat. Wait, no, that's a different movie. How <laughs> bad? Back to subject. <laughs> yes. So about that police chief, who's all, who's also kind of up there in age, the fact that he did nothing throughout the entire movie kind of shocked me, because he seems like someone old enough to know what to do in that situation. Which one? The, uh... The, the, one uh, the asshole. Him? That's why, because he's an asshole. His job was simple. I'm the chief of police. I yell, scream, bitch, holler, moan, complain, do nothing, sit at a desk, and... But he had to be at least 50 and know what the hell to do in this situation. But he's probably... He couldn't figure out how to grow his hair. Think about it. Maybe he was... Before everything happened, maybe he was an accountant. Then they made him okay. We're gonna make you chief police. <laughs> please, dude. Yeah. He's like a. It's re- been it's been thirty six years, so that would have had to place him at least maybe in the teenage years. He would have known. What to do. Yeah, yeah he has no hair. He's like a resurrected version of Gandhi. No, except no, stupid. No, Sir Ben Kingsley was not in this movie. No, thank God. And if he was, he would have probably made that character a hell of a lot better. 
Yes, he would. And the, the city is pretty much, as we said, no crime, no nothing, but there's also no thought, essentially. The best way they have music is it's all show tunes! <laughs> oh, That's on. music. There are no restaurants. It's all, as we said, the franchises were happening in the winter was Taco Bell! But it's not Taco Bell, it's Nouveau food, which, for those who don't know, Nouvelle Cuisine is when they take it, the instead of giving you a big, hearty plate of food, they just put a little itty-bitty piece that looks artistic and nice on the food, and it's designed to look nice. To translate for the simpler life, envision a Dorito chip with a piece of ham. That's as No, no as meat. Can. No meat is pate. Pate, tuna, cheese on a Dorito. It's that's a it. sad, sad future. Yes, and... I think that's part of the Obama plan. No. Uh, and then you have the have-nots, because this is obviously the haves. The have-nots are people who don't agree with it, and they have it underground. They live under the city where no one looks in the slums and the gutters underneath, and they are starving, eating rat burgers, and they're living. Yeah, it sounds like New York City. We don't have chuds in New York City. <laughs> but, so you have the haves who are ideal with this stupid world where you can't even touch another person, which is weird, because it's like, you can't have physical touch, but you can... Use VR to do things since like. Really? I don't understand why the suicide rate was high in that movie. <laughs> yeah, and I can't I can't think for myself. I can't touch anything, including myself. I can't even eat something else aside from but what they, they didn't, offer. But they don't know any better. The the, the have not haves don't know any better, and so they're ill-equipped. When Simon Phoenix goes up for parole, and for some odd reason he escapes, and like, oh God, what do we? Oh, what should we do? I just want to know who came up with the concept of making Taco Bell the ultimate restaurant. Seriously, who thought of that? Probably the writer. You must love Taco Bell. Raise for him. Raise for... Well, I'm No, not. no raise for him. He took away the flatbreads. I'm pissed. Bring back the flatbreads. But so Simon Phoenix is now running amok and hilarity ensues. And that's the movie. <laughs> No, wow. If only. If only. So you have a, a, a pretty much a perfect utopia with no resistance against a complete sociopath that for some odd reason, we don't know why, now has lots of new skills. Hmm. Oh, yeah. The plot thickens. He has kung fu abilities, he can hack, he knows every single layout of the city, yet he has a weird compulsion to not kill the ruler of the city, Sir Nigel Hawthorne, for some odd reason, we wonder why. Hey, I can't shoot you, but I have all these skills, and you're telling me I have to kill someone. Aha. Uh -huh. Now, I'm no genius here, but I think I see a connection. Yes. I see racism. Yeah, it's a debate for a different podcast. Yeah. Yes. But I, I'll just shoot it out. Sorry. I'm going to go on the tangent, but... No, it's good. It's cool. It's cool. I, we could, but it's... He's the villain. I mean, you have a bunch of other people who are... You know, you had, but you had a diverse, very diverse cast, so you can't really call yeah. it a race card because you had the Hispanic, you had the black guy, you had the white guy, you had the fat guy, you had the geek, you had the girl. Well, like we'll do it on another. Rob Schneider is a geek. <laughs> well, no, there's a reason why I said that. Well, well let's hear it. Let's, let's throw okay, it. Okay, straight truth. Okay, here we go. You got the main guy, the head leader of the entire nation. Here comes the bad guy, ready to pop a cap in his ass. Puts the gun to his head. Can't do it. And all of a sudden, he's walking around him saying, you're going to kill this son of a bitch, and you're going to do it now. And I'm like, I don't know. It sounds kind of like, that's so slavery? It is slavery, but it's, it's the point. The, the point is that 
Dr. Kato or whatever the fuck his name is, he wants Actually, them under his control, under his thumb. His name fits him perfectly. Cocteau! Yeah, like I mean, hell. You have a guy that's stuck up, snobby, wore crappy clothing. That, that name fits perfectly. Well, it's, it's, it's 90s tacit, we can't. <laughs> but, um. Uh. I got nothing. You got nothing? I got okay. nothing. So. In order for... So we have a psychopath who has all these abilities now. What are you going to do? We could have the old geriatric police who doesn't do anything. Nope. So we have the one character who is played by Sandra Bullock, who is a 2000s... A, a 20th century file. She gets an idea to release the person who caught Simon Phoenix into the current um, populace. So you now have a fish... Out, you, you have a crime story. You have a fish-out-of-water story. And you have a romance plot... Kind of, yes, and I'd like to say for the first time in the B-rated movie history, a female character that acts kind of dopey came up with a brilliant idea. Which idea? Fighting fire with fire? Yeah. Because eh. if, you, if you didn't, it wouldn't be a movie. True. And a lot of it is literally just, at that point it just becomes paint by numbers with John Spartan. It's like, okay, he has to get a gun. We know he has to get a gun. And then, oh, it's they're leading him by the nose. And from that point, it gets just the rest. That's the rest of the movie. It just gets into a lot of fight sequences, an awesome showdown at the end, and things go back to normal. Things well, go back to the way they used to be. Normal by our standards, not by their standards. Yes, their normal is goes to hell completely. Because what do you expect? We're going to release a sociopath, and hopefully everything will get. To- no, no. I just one of the things I do love in that scene is when you see how psychotic. Simon Phoenix is where he's holding the gun trying to kill Cocteau like I can't yep that was good neurostimulation from Cocteau and then he throws it to Jesse Ventura who's came in this movie and he just blows him away which was smart on his part it's like if I can't kill him I know somebody who can here you go hey if you think about that would be one less murder rap on this show yes it would <laughs> oh Jesse Ventura you were in the movie for one minute and supposedly there is no, actually three minutes Two, three scenes, something like yeah. that. Something like that. So, let's go into a little bit more about the film. So, soundtrack. What would you guys say? <sighs> Forgettable. <sighs> yeah. Well, if you love commercials, not bad, but not. It doesn't stand out. Okay, it doesn't stand out. Um, cinemat- uh, I thought the audio mixing okay. itself was kind of poor because at some point, so uh, the explosions interrupted the music, which is something you never do. That's okay. With the explosions doing that, it did it a big favor. At least you didn't have the dubbing problem that Judge Dredd has, where you have it majorly out of sync. Yeah. They redub a lot. There's no redubbing. It was fairly easy. one song in the entire movie. That's it. After that, it was like a lot of scores that were either necessary or unnecessary. And when they were necessary, that's when they kind of like, eh. When it was unnecessary, that's when they put in the big explosions. It was like the composer was saying, okay, this part sucks. Guys, just throw a lot of boom boom into the scene. Okay, thank you. Have a nice day. Good. Great. Cut. Print. And you didn't even have a, a villain theme, which that is kind of a shame, too, because a villain needs a good theme. Well, you know what is one thing I do respect about this movie, and it's kind of weird for comic book fans if you, like, watch or read a certain, like, uh, DC character. It's kind of like it was, like, a more violent Batman versus a more sadistic Joker. Or, basically, Joker the way you'd want to see him. I wouldn't say a more violent Batman, I'd just say a... Uh, a truthful Batman, but with guns involved. I would say yes. Joker with Gordon. 
would be Gordon. No. Joker versus Gordon. A younger Gordon before he's an old man. Okay. Because if you read Killing Joke, that he takes him to town yeah. and, and tortures him horribly. Okay, I can see that one. But that's why I say, um, film. There are some for highlights of the movie. It's not really. It's it's okay. It's not great. It's <laughs> decent. There are some. There are five fight scenes between the two main characters, and I would say my favorite is the second fight scene. Oh, when they uh, crash through the... Yes, the whole fight in the museum. Okay, yeah, that, fight, that. that was, I think, the best fight, because the last fight was kind of... Drawn out. Anticlimactic. And yeah. one thing I will say about this movie that I'm very happy, even though, like, you know, you call it a B-Ray movie, a lot of B-Ray movies, if they're that bad, would drag out. This movie actually did not drag as bad as it should have. I mean, even in the last scene, like you said, it's like, you know, eh, the fight scene was there. But at least it wasn't the kind of a drag where it's like, oh my god, just end this, get it over with. It was still kind of like, alright, that's kind of decently cool, alright, we'll go with that. So, yeah. kudos to the B-rated movie that didn't drag. Yeah. Uh, chase sequence, the fight into a chase sequence, it was okay. You didn't have the whole, I mean, you did have the machine gun fire, but it wasn't more like just them beating the shit out of each other in the car, which I... Was thankful for as opposed to them just driving, <laughs> driving. <laughs> I love that it was a futuristic car versus a uh, SS. <laughs> it was like yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and the first fight was decent, not great. And the other fight, well, me, yeah. So what else we say about this movie? Oh, uh, the car, at least the car crash. Gotta love cannolis after that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a nice. I, I mean, those features I wish that they had actually made. Auto inflate tires would be nice. But. I gotta say that the foam feature, I mean, it's, it's nice on paper, but I think it would kill you. Yeah, it would. Well, if you notice, it was liquefied first before. Well, no, it was oh, liquefied. Oh, I see what you're coming, though. Even if it encases you, your organs are still gonna... And then there's the, the whole... And then you gotta think about the whole smothering and then oxygen lacking. Exactly. Okay. It's, it's, it's crazy. Okay. Decent concept. Needs some work. Yes. yes. Definitely. Alright, so it's time for ratings. Now, for those who don't know, we have a five-point rating system. We don't use five stars or one out of ten or... Thumbs up, thumbs down. No, we have phrases. That's how we say how good a movie is. Now, our lowest rating is going to be protests outside your local red box. So, no one writes this reprehensible piece of shit. Pretty much just means the movie is god exactly. It's god awful. You don't even want to rent it from for a dollar. Ouch! That's bad when you don't want to rent it for you. Like even somebody paying you to rent it for a dollar. That's painful. Yes, and I've rented terrible movies for a dollar. I rented Greed for a dollar. Who? And Envy. Envy with oh, but anyway. So next is our second lowest rating, which is, which means there's one redeemable feature, but for the most part the movie's terrible, and that is, have it on in the play in the background while you surf the internet for porn. Pretty much, you just you know you can look it in. Oh, that scene's awesome, but then you'll go back and do something else. Then oh, that scene's awesome, and then you'll go back and do something else. That's all it is really. Um, like you'd rather be surfing the internet watching Big Man Japan instead of watching the movie. In other words, it's like watching a Klondike commercial. It's like you got to suffer for five seconds, and then it's like, once you suffer through it all, then it's like, yes! Klondike bar! Yeah. Yes. Then you have our middle of the ground, which is just easy, worth watching in DVD or in theaters once. That's it exactly. Just It's worth watching once, and then you'll forget about it. Or maybe one day in a board, rainy night, you'll be like, I'm bored, maybe I'll watch this. But for the most part, it's not really redeemable. Next. I hope you have a certain partner in the house so you don't have to do that. Yes. Next, you have our our almost perfect rating, 
This is generally become, some people say it's our cat, our catch-all, but I disagree. This is our second highest rating, which is borrow from a friend and don't return unless you're offered. Now, for this movie, let's say something good. A stun baton. <laughs> so don't yeah, return unless you're offered a stun baton. It's really decent. It's, you know, borrow from a friend, don't return it. Just because it's you want to keep it and you like it. You like watching it a lot. It's awesome. And then our highest rating, which is really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't watch this movie now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell, and your soul will be forfeit to the 12th layer of hell. You'll be forced to watch episode one for all eternity while Jar Jar Binks massages your soul to say, Miss, I love you! Miss, I love you! Meanwhile, Simon Phoenix will be using a pen to poke your eye out to use in a retina scan to get out of prison. Man, that was just beautiful. Yeah, that was brutal. Yes, it was. It was beautiful. So, what would you guys give? 1993, Demolition Man, so I, I mean, what does he say? He says, read it. No, he doesn't say that. He says something. Just, no, wait, one movie. Uh, says, Mickey, cut the eye. No. Rambo. Rambo's, oh wait, not that one either. It, uh, pretty much is that. All right, so what, Jesus. what would you give this? Uh, well, guys, what would you give it? I own the DVD myself, but I'm going to have to go with the one-time... Can watch it and then forget about it until worth somebody actually. Once. Yeah, worth watching. I watch it a couple of times, but somebody had to remind me I actually own the movie, so okay. I'd go with that one. Okay, and NG, what would you give? I would watch it once. You know, kind of go back to, to the, the little nuances you might have missed over once or twice. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, it's weird because we're doing a complete simultaneous. We all agree, which is definitely this is worth watching once on DVD or in theaters, and then just forget about it unless you want to play a drinking game of some sort with this <laughs> big. Every time they had to bring that up, then no. Every time someone says citation, oh, we forgot. They do that a lot. The running joke is citation. You have a citation for cursing, which is that would drive crazy and probably kill someone at that point. Mm-hmm. A lot of credits. Yes, definitely. So, I guess... So, whoa. Remember, you can check out any of our episodes at www.spyrocon.com. You can email us at gmail.com. Uh, send a message also at our voicemail, 206-350-8462. And, before I forget, we may be doing some video stuff on our YouTube feed. But right now, the only two videos we have are from the 30 on the 30, which is Timbo and Hope and me drinking and singing... I think we're singing Africa or Jukebox Hero. I don't remember. <laughs> what? You know, for once, I have no comment. Hey, you don't knock Africa. You don't knock Toto's Africa. <laughs> you <laughs> forgot Comic-Con 2011. Karaoke. I have, I have video of that, too. <laughs> we didn't, but that video would not be going That on. was not me! Sure. Andy Bay. Wouldn't you be? So, let's get to that part you've all waiting for when I talk about I'm talking about that one, that only, the actual, the Dodecahedron movies. Except not substitute. Now, what is the Dodecahedron? It is a 12-sided object, and what we're going to do is we're going to roll that Dodecahedron. We were, that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin' Movie Review, episode 66. So. NG can take it. NG, no, 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 NG. the last one. Oh, yeah, so you and get to roll. Didn't I roll last time? Oh, yeah, so then I will roll, and we'll see what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spark. And uh, we'll make room for the, uh... No, it is good. It is good. Number three. And in number three spot is... One Crazy Summer. Not to be confused with Summer Rental, which we reviewed last episode. So, holy shit, that's kind of karmic that we're reviewing it again. But that's the way the dice rolls. So, I guess that's it. It was a little bit hurried, but hey, 45 minutes? I think that's pretty good. For an episode. I think it's yeah. decent, it's quick, it's 
evened out. So, with that in mind... I'm the NG. Favorite line was, uh... Enhance your calm, John Spark. Look, I've had it with enhancing my calm. I'm gonna find that psycho phoenix and enhance his calm, and when I'm done, I'm gonna turn all my attention to that Fruit Loops cocktail. This is bad, and Quite frankly, I don't have one. I'm sorry. Not give me. You don't want to do it? I, no, it's not that. It's just the whole movie could not shoot out any one-liners that would make me stand out and say it, but not even. I can't even do the one. Uh, nah. I'm sorry, guys. It's just the way it is for me. I found nothing to bite. Ah, well, it's no worries, no worries. And, well, this is your host, Don, of the Spark and Review. And for 1993's Demolition Man, I have to say my kind of favorite quote, because I agree with you, and I'm probably going to play a bunch more at the end of the credits, is going to probably be... Access and correlate procedure. Establish communication with Maniac Intruder. Wrong. Hey, Luke Skywalker. Use the Force. So I guess that's it for this episode. Uh, catch you guys next time, and, well, we are Gonville. See you later. Dashnell! San Angeles will be a beacon of order with the purity of an ant colony and the beauty of a flawless pearl. Look, you can't take away people's right to be assholes. Hmm? That's who you remind me of. An evil Mr. Rogers. Will you please kill him? He's pissing me off. Muscle Beast Theater. Because this ain't your movie. Uh, we will talk about this in Last Action Hero. We are both in the movie for a second. You had me as a cutout. Okay, then we do it in... Uh, you were a governor in my movie and you had me as a cutout in yours? <laughs> Yo, Adrian! I'm pissed! Well, then fine. Then fine. Uh, well, anyway, see you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs>
At the end of a century, ravaged by violence, a society of perfect order will arise. Criminals will be frozen and reprogrammed in cryogenic prisons. The prisoners are ice cubes. Their criminal instincts are being reprogrammed as they sleep. Aggression and deviant behavior will be totally eliminated. He's a criminal the likes of which you have never seen. In a bad time, he was the worst. I'm going to love running this place. But in the year 2032... This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo facility. We are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with the situation. Amidst a world of peace and calm... We're police officers. We're not trained for this kind of violence. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? In the end, it took just one man. John Spartan. You mean the demolition man? The conditions of your parole are full reinstatement into the SAPD and immediate assignment to the apprehension of Simon Phoenix. Two mortal enemies. Just dropped in and say hi! From another time. Pass is over, John! Time for something new and improved! Oh, hell. Will be unleashed on a future that isn't big enough for the both of them. Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Demolition Man.